Hi, I'm Rail Gricker, and I'll be one of your hosts for the Business Excellence Podcast. Hi, and I'm Lindsay Adams. I'm the co-host. And together, we're going to be talking about what makes up business excellence. And we believe that you can never be perfect. All you can be is excellent. And in our businesses and in our lives, we want to achieve excellence. And that's why this is the Business Excellence Podcast. Welcome back to the Business Excellence Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at teams and relationships. And my co-host is the Relationships Guy. Lindsay, you've worked with teams for many, many years and helped organizations build better teams and build better relationships. What's the secret to building teams and relationships? Thanks, Rael. It's, you know, it's an interesting one. I, I reckon for a team to work really well, they need to have shared vision and common goals. You need to have the right person in the right job and you need to have, you know, good business relationships. Can you expand on each one of those? Okay. Um, you know, point number one, shared vision and common goals. If we're not all heading in the right direction or the same direction, then the team's never going to work. And either the leader or the team needs to agree, what, what are we here for and how are we going to go about this? And think about it, uh, you know, as getting on a bus and all, if you're all on the bus, you're all heading in the right direction. So if the team are heading towards the, sh- the same goal, the same vision, then they're going to work more effectively together. And it's interesting you, you use the bus analogy. Many, many years ago when I played sport at state level, we were on a bus, on a very, very old bus on tour, and we were heading up a hill into the mountains in South Africa, and the bus was really struggling. And so all of us, we were hockey players, grabbed our hockey sticks and stuck them out the window and made as if we were rowing to help the bus <laughs> go up the hill. To give the bus a hand. To give them a bit of a hand going up the hill. And it was great for team building because we all remembered that incident. Of course. But it was about, interestingly, and we were all 20-year-olds, it was about that combined effort of being able to do something to help the bus up the hill or to help the team up the hill. Yeah. How do you find the right people? How do you put the right people? You know, the second point I said was you've got to have the right person, the right job. And, um, you know, if you think about it, uh, if you want to go the sporting analogy, the hockey team, you know, if you, and, and now I'm going to show my ignorance, I don't really know that much about hockey, but I'm guessing that there's someone on the team who's going to shoot for the goal. Uh, So it's about having the right person who's going to hit that ball at just the right moment or someone who's going to pass the ball uh, to the person who's going to hit the ball into the goal. And so, you know, when you're working in a team, it's about having defined roles and understanding what's my responsibility um, and then how does that contribute to the overall outcome of the team. And I've seen it time and again. If You you know, you get the wrong person in, in a job and they don't fit, they don't get on with other people, and it just doesn't work. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting. If you follow Tour de France that has been on in, you know, every July, and yeah. obviously 2020 was an interestingly different yeah, tour. Yeah, was it ever. Every team has something called domestiques in the team. Now, we're talking of a team of eight who are top world-quality riders, but yet each team has four to six domestiques in the team. And the role of the domestique is to protect the team leader at all costs. They are there to ride into the wind for hours, straining their legs so that their team leader, who has a potential chance of winning something, 
rides behind them protected. And yeah. that's very much the role of the team. And they recruit people for those teams to quite specific roles. How do you recruit to roles in a business? Well, I mean, you couldn't have nailed a better example uh, because, I mean, the, the clear vision, shared goal, shared vision, shared goal, win the race. Um, the right person, the right job. The domestic uh, rides in front of the, the key rider to uh, break the wind, to save their energy so that at the right moment, um, the lead rider can go out and cross the finish line and win the race for the team. And then how do you find the right people? Well, it's, it really is about relationship. And, you know, one of the, one of the tools that I use um, is a thing called the DISC model. The DISC model, it's a four-quadrant model invented a long, long time ago, started out in the 20s, um, and it has its origins. A, a guy called William Moulton Marsden wrote a, a paper, and then the model's been sort of perfected and, and shaped and reshaped and shaped and reshaped in years since. But it's a really good, simple tool because what it does, it shows us that there are four different behavioural types in the workplace and a, a, a fully functioning team recognises that we're all different and, and that we are able to work with the different kinds of people we work with. Now, let me, let me just give you a quick rundown of the four types so we get a bit of a picture, pen picture here, and then we can just talk you know, about how that's going to work in real life. The D, the dominant, um, typically, um, you know, very goal-driven, like to get things done, make decisions. They, they decide and do. Get on with it. Don't muck about. They, they love to make things happen. The I, the influencer, um, you know, great people person, knows lots of people, has great many contacts, big picture thinker, loves the world of ideas, not always good at finishing stuff. So good at starting, not so good at finishing. The S, the steady, the great, they're the ultimate team player. Salt of the earth, they, they arrive early, they leave late. They're there to support the team through thick and thin. They get things done in a quiet, unassuming way. And finally, the C, the conscientious, they're the, the detail people. So structure, rigor, logic, you know, they make make lists and they tick them off one by one. You know, the old, old carpentry analogy, measure twice, cut once. So you get a bit of a sense of the four types. Now, if we can harness the energy of those four types in a team and get them all moving in the same direction, imagine the power. So a D, you know, a lot of, a lot of managers, leaders are Ds in organisations. Now, Sweeping generalisation, a lot, but not all, okay? So imagine a, a D manager leader going, come on, team, I know where we're going, follow me. And then the I, um, the people person goes, come on, everybody, we're going to have fun while we do this. Come on, it's going to be great. Let's get going, motivates everyone. The S is there going, all right, yes, I, I think we've got all the supplies we need. Everyone's got a cup of coffee. Everyone's got a writing you know, writing stick, piece of paper, whatever they need. And then we have the C who comes along and says, yep, uh, we, we've, um, we've ch I've checked the list, I've checked it twice, we've got everything we need. And so you can imagine in a well-oiled team, you'd have one of each kind and, it, and they would work so well together. The, the question is, how defined are those roles in terms of our people, is that your personality? Is that your behaviour? Because there's a lot of confusion around 
about the difference between a behavioral style and a personality profile. Yeah, look, I'm going to be splitting some hairs here. So, you know, DISC is technically not a personality profile that, you know, if you said that word in front of a psychologist, they're going to carve you up and say, it's not, it's all about behaviours. Yeah, it's really, it's about your behaviour in the workplace. And the beauty of DISC is it's such a simple model that you can simply observe other people's behaviour, listen to how fast or slow they speak, um, how many questions they ask, um, how introverted or extroverted they are, and you get a bit of a picture of where they fit. And then if you adjust your behaviour a little to be like them, you're going to have a better relationship, a stronger relationship, and you'll be able to work together easier. And so, you know, as I said, in an ideal world, you've had one of each in a team, but that's never reality. I mean, can you adapt? I mean, can people change where they sit? Can people, are people in a way that they have a particular style at home, dealing with the kids, dealing with their best friends over a barbecue, and then a complete shift or reversal in the workplace where they, where they display completely different styles? Good question. Good question. So it's interesting. We have what's called a natural style, and that's kind of you at rest, at home, you know, uh, with it, without stress. And then we have an adapted style, and you adapt to your workplace. So when you go to work, there are sometimes different expectations put on us um, than there are at home. So people actually change their behaviour slightly or sometimes dramatically when they go to work. Now, if it's a slight change, it's okay. They can do that. If it's a dramatic change, they can do it, but they can't do it over and over and over and over. Now, me personally, I'm not a big detail person, um, but I can do detail when I have to. Uh, so many years ago, I bought a franchise business. There was a 34-page contract. I read that contract seven times in detail. Could I do that day in, day out, forever and ever? No way. And so, yes, we can change, but we tend to, when we get under stress, we go back to what we know and love the best, our natural profile. So, you know, yes, you can adapt. And in fact, the key to this whole behavioural thing is actually being adapting a little to be more like the person you're working with. So, Raul, you and I are different. Um, in the model, you're, a, you're more of a D and I'm more of an I. I know you, you have um, a DI combination. I have an IS combination. So when I'm working with you, I know that you like to make things happen, want to get it done. And, you know, I've seen time and time again in your, in your mortgage business how you, you know, you've been very successful making things happen. So if I'm working with you, I'm going to be more focused and more outcome oriented. But I notice when, when you are working with me, of course, your eye comes out and, um, and you're more, you know, more friendly, more open, more, you know, people oriented, or I've seen it, in fact, with your team, uh, you know, the Friday lunches that you guys have. Um, in fact, just talk about that for a minute, the Friday lunch thing. I, I love that whole concept that you do in your office. So, yeah, thanks, Lindsay. A, a few years ago, we decided at kind of some random point that be a good idea because our lives are so hectic and we tend to not spend time around the proverbial coffee machine or the water cooler, that we would have a, a formal informal arrangement where on a Friday, one of the team would order lunch from somewhere um, on my credit card, of course, 
which of made course. it popular, of course. But and it's become a tradition that every single Friday, whoever's in the office at about eleven o'clock in the morning, there's an email that goes around that says, "Today we're going to have pizzas or chicken or burgers or whatever." Here's the menu. Please send us your orders by eleven thirty. One of the team orders it. Um, now with the advent of ride-sharing services that do food delivery, it's made it a whole lot easier. Yeah, but it still goes on my credit card, but <laughs> it's a tradition, and everybody sits down and does that. So we we tried in the business years ago to actually have Friday afternoon drinks, but with the fact of you of responsibility, and you don't want people drinking at work, yeah, and you don't want them right. having too much and having a car accident or anything like that. We also decided that from a team perspective, just sitting around on a Friday, having lunch together, and not talking about work, I think that's the key. Is it's not imposed. You know, if if somebody's got a problem with a client, they're going to talk about it. But it's actually just about what are you doing on the weekend, what's happening in your life, what's your wife, kids, mother-in-law up to, and it's a great environment. You know, when you think about it, it, it kind of sums it up: shared vision, common goal. Right person, the right job, build good relationships and have good relationships in the team. It's a simple formula. And understanding that we have, that we work with people who are slightly different to us and making allowances for that. And I think that creates, uh, you know, a great environment for healthy relationships and a fully functioning team. Thank you, Lindsay. And that was this week's podcast on the Business Excellence Podcast, learning about how to build teams how to build relationships. Step number one, there'll be much more in further episodes. Join us for the next episode of the Business Excellence Podcast.